Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And this is Flyover Ministry. Jordan, it has been uh, quite a while since we've recorded episodes. Uh, just us together, we record all of these episodes in one block. But we have a guest with us today, and I'm not going to ramble on the introduction like I tend to usually do. But we're joined by Tim Barnett, and it's terrific to have him with us as we look at apologetics um, Jordan, you're the one who kind of lined this up, so I'm going to pass it over to you to introduce him to everybody who's listening here. And Sounds yeah. good. So for, for many people from our fellowship, you may recognize the name Tim Barnett from specifically Fly Beyond and maybe mm-hmm. from his time at the Bible College campus too. I believe you spent a little bit of time there as well. So familiar to, right. to us in our fellowship. If you haven't heard of his name before, um, I'm excited to introduce him to you. So Tim has been someone we've been able to connect with for the last several years uh, through his work with Stand to Reason, a wonderful apologetics-based organization. And uh, I also am not going to talk too much about Tim. I'll let him introduce himself. So uh, Tim, as as you kind of introduce yourself to your audience, first, we want to recognize, yes, you are a little bit of a YouTube personality here. Uh, you are somewhat well-known, but you are also like a normal guy. So... How about you introduce yourself a little bit of what's Tim the normal guy like? The thing that you wish people sure. on the other side of the screen could know about you. Yeah, and Jordan, you got me thinking, how, when did we start the Fly Beyond inviting me out? I mean, it has been years, right, since we've been working together. Yeah, I'd say it's been probably at least eight years. Yeah, four, yeah. Four different so it's cycles. Been- that's right, and it's every two. So yeah, that's it's it's crazy how time flies, and uh, I always enjoy my time with you guys. So what do you what what do I tell you about myself? Um, I am a normal guy. Uh, I I have a family, three little girls. You know, actually they're getting they're getting taller now, um, eleven, nine, and turning seven. Um, I have a beautiful wife here. I live in uh, near Toronto, um, Canada. And, uh, and I, I kind of fell in love with this thing called apologetics. You know, I originally was a high school science and math teacher, and I thought that was going to be the trajectory of my life. And, um, and honestly, if, if this whole thing didn't work out, I'd go back to it because I absolutely love teaching. And, um, but I, I discovered this thing called apologetics. We'll talk more about that, you know, in a, in a while here, but, but. Um, I wasn't, I was raised in the church, but didn't, didn't know about this thing that called apologetics, defending the faith. And when I discovered it, it was like faith transforming. It was life transforming for me. And of course, as a, as a teacher, I thought, man, I could teach this stuff. So, um, so my, my life really changed when I started, you know, um, blooming where I'm planted started doing this this work actually just volunteering um at different uh events and churches and uh and things really snowballed from there 
And, uh, and I, I, I tell people that, man, it feels like I'm just riding a wave, you know, and I'm just trying to stay on as best I can because, uh, I couldn't have orchestrated kind of where my life is today if it was, if it was me. And so God is definitely the one kind of, uh, steering the ship here. And, uh, and I'm just kind of along for the ride and having a lot of fun doing it. So, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I, I honestly am just a normal guy and know a few things about the Christian faith, defending the faith. And, uh, and so I get to, I get to share that. And I, I'm normal. I have a little dog that you may have just heard. And that dog is actually not that normal. The dog is a nine pound Morky poo. Okay. Which is like a stuffed animal. It is basically a giant bunny rabbit, okay? But um, that was my Morky Poo. Sure. So I guess one thing that I would not know, maybe you know this better, Tim, yourself, but, I mean, you're out there for a couple of different avenues. We've got Stand to Reason, and you're a public mm -hmm. speaker for them, so you do a lot of conferences, mm -hmm. conventions, things like that. Um, you are now a published author uh, going out with... Um, Alyssa Childers. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. And also Red Pen Logic on YouTube. So mm -hmm. there's a couple different avenues that people know you from. Which one would you say might be, do you feel the most recognizable from? Yeah, I, I would say that I started um, about seven years ago with Stand to Reason. And that's that kind of got me in the door. Um, and, uh, stand to reason is an apologetics based organization ministry in Southern California. And, um, it's, there's a really cool story about how, you know, kind of got involved with them, but it was actually the pandemic where everything shut down. And, um, as a, as a speaker for stand to reason, I mean, my job was to speak and that meant traveling. And then when the world shut down, there was no travel. I mean, in Canada here, man, we couldn't have more than five people in our house. So, so it was like, how do you go speak somewhere when churches are closed and, and you have all these regulations? So I, I had this idea of um, red pen logic where I would take tweets or memes, or now we do a lot of TikTok videos. Um, and we're gonna, just like the teacher would take out the red pen and then would correct and not correct because they're trying to condemn, but correct because they care. I mean, that's the whole point. Every teacher knows this. We're not like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna you know, make this student feel bad when I get my red pen out. No, the reason we get the red pen out is to show the mistakes so that, so, so that it's a learning experience. We want the person to understand what's going on and grow from it. So, that's, I, so I had this idea, what if I red pen some work and, and people could see the errors of some of these tweets and memes and, and so on and started posting those. And man, it went right away. It went viral. And again, I can't, you can't control that stuff. You can't make yourself go viral. Okay. There's certain things I guess you could try, but it just doesn't work that way. And some of these things really took off early. And I thought, man, we got something here. And so this was this was 2020, right when um, the pandemic, you know, things were shut down. And here we are in 2023. And some of the videos we have, you know, have three million views. Um, and some of these posts like, you know, it's it's it is just really incredible what God has done with some of these um, some of these short videos and graphics. So that would probably be the number one thing 
that people recognize me from is Red Pen Logic um, with mm. Mr. B. And, uh, and then, of course, that has led to opportunities like writing a book with Elisa Childers because it turns out publishers like it when you have a big platform, right? <laughs> and so it's like, wow, you, got, you have an audience and hey, we'd, we'd love to, you know, for you to write a book for us. So th these things are connected in a way. Um, but, uh, I honestly just love, I love red pen logic. It is like my baby, you know, and, um, it's fun for me. And it, I think people are really engaged by it. It's kind of, uh, get, it, it's, it's fun. I think even to watch and read and we, you know, we crack jokes, we take ourselves, um, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And so I like to make fun of myself. I'll make fun of my bald head or whatever, you know, in the video. Um, so that would be probably, so you're right. There's a lot of different things going on. And as we kind of go through this, this series of, of podcasts, um, we'll talk about all the different avenues because there's, there's conferences we do. There's uh, courses, free courses that Stand to Reason produces. I mean, there's just all kinds of really exciting stuff that we want to make sure your, your listeners know about. Hmm. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, I think, uh, well, I mean, as a teacher, you definitely had all these extra red pens just sitting around. You know, I might as well just <laughs> burn these up. And Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, some of these, and some of these memes need a lot of red pen, okay? Um, we're, there's just we're, so we're, many flaws in, in the thinking. Was there one in particular that stands out to you that was really surprising mm -hmm. that it went as big as it did? I think um, in thinking oh, specifically of like the TikToks, TikTok okay. theologians. Uh, you know, I, I am always um, astonished at how many people like some of these videos. Um, for example, um, I mean, there's, there's just so many, but you know, you're scrolling through and you go to TikTok. And by the way, I'm not encouraging anyone to go to TikTok. Okay. It really is a dumpster fire. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, there's just so much depravity on TikTok that you can get sucked into. Um, so I, that's kind of my warning. I'm not saying like, Hey, you got to go download TikTok to watch Mr. B, you know, red pen logic. No, you can, you can see that on YouTube. You can see it on Facebook or Instagram, you know, all the other platforms, the same, same content. So I don't think you got to go there, but the, it's the number one site for students. And that's why I went there because, Hey, your youth group students are on this platform. So I'm going to get on there and try to redeem something. So just for one example, there was a video and this girl who had a decent following thousands of people following her. Um, she, she posts a video of the top five reasons why she has left Christianity and all five reasons were horrible. Okay. Just, I'm just saying they're not good reasons. In fact, one of them, I don't know if it was her first or second reason. She says, because at the council of Nicaea, they picked the books of the Bible. And I, I'm just thinking, okay, this is, these are your top five reasons why you're, why you left. And she said a bunch of old white guys, you know, I don't know why their skin color matters, but all these old white guys, they just randomly picked the books of the Bible at the council of Nicaea. And that is demonstrably false. We know what happened at the council of Nicaea. It had nothing to do with picking what gospels were going to be in and out. This is like 
Dan Brown Da Vinci Code <laughs> garbage. Okay, <laughs> this is like, not. Geez. It's not history. Don't pull your yeah. punches, Tim. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, you guys are getting the raw stuff. You know what? No, we'll, bring it we'll on, talk... man. No, maybe we'll talk about this because later on, because I I know personally when I started doing Red Pen Logic, the sarcasm, the eye rolls. You watch my first few videos. I won't repost some of those videos. Because, I mean, you repost stuff because that's how social media works. A video, like, disappears into the internet, you know? And so you can, mm -hmm. re you can post it again, and it's like people never saw it. Well, there's some stuff. I've, tr I've looked at, like, reposting some of my early videos, and my eyes are rolling all over the place. I'm thinking, <laughs> you, Tim, you can't do that, you know? In fact, one of the compliments I get is just that I'm sitting there watching the video as it plays and I'm not losing my mind over it. You know, I'm keeping, I'm, I'm staying cool. So, um, yeah, so that is something that I think we, uh, hopefully I model that in the videos, but when it's between you and me and who all, all of our listeners, you know, it's like, like, this is hard. When you first see a video, I honestly sometimes want to throw my computer or throw my phone. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. That video had half a million views and and 50,000 likes, 50,000 people liked a video that said the council of Nicaea is where they picked the books of the Bible. I mean, mm -hmm. come on. And this is why you deconstructed your faith. So I think so it's frustrating, but this needs an answer. I think you're getting to, to this question. Um, but I want to, to broach the subject here and I, I appreciate your heart towards like why you're on TikTok and things like that. Um, but I want to ask a question. Why is apologetics such an important element in youth ministry mm. today anyways? And I think you just demonstrated yeah. what happens if we don't have this basis, but from you, why, mm. why should we, as we think about youth ministry, include some sort yeah. of apologetic content? Yeah, this is a good question because a lot of people have kind of a negative um, view of apologetics. It's these, it's these, you know, PhD scientists, these stuffy guys. Why would I go to an apologetics conference? Why would I want to hear someone talk about apologetics? This is for like those nerds or whatever, you know? And here's the reality. We need to be doing apologetics, especially in youth ministry, because the culture demands it. I actually give four, four reasons. And, it, and I got this from, uh, one of my former professors, Norm Geisler. And he says, the Bible commands it. Why do we need apologetics? The Bible commands it. The culture demands it. The church needs it. And the results confirm it. So those are his four reasons. The Bible commands it. Look, at, even, if the, even if there was no other reason, and, and the Bible just said, you should defend the faith. You should contend for the faith that was once for all. That would be enough. That's it. The Bible commands it. But there's more reasons than that. The Bible commands it because the culture demands it. There are times when people come to you with questions, and we ought to be able to give an answer. In fact, we are instructed to give an answer to everyone who asks us for the reason, for the hope that's in us. That's that's First Peter 3.15. But there's other verses in, in Scripture that talk about being able to— um, you know, demolish strongholds and every argument that's raised up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's apologetics, right? Um, that's First Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. Um, so, so there's, and then there's maybe my favorite passage, Colossians 4, 
verses 5 and 6, which says, Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, so these are unbelievers, making the best use of your time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so you would know how you ought to answer each person. So we're answering, we're, we're engaging unbelievers, outsiders, is what Paul says. And, and we're doing it in a really sweet way because they, you know, our speech is like, is seasoned with salt and everyone knows salt makes everything taste better. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we were at Chick-fil-A last night with the kids and the, the fries were salty and I loved it, you know, so that we ought to be able to answer each person. And that's what we're, that's what we're doing. We're answering. And so, um, the culture is, but the church needs it. There are people, young people, especially walking away from the church. And I, I mean, I don't, I'm not an alarmist, but the best statistics we have say three in five will disengage from the church by the age of 15. And, and some of those come back. Okay. It's not like all three and five are gone for good, but there's a good number that don't come back. And what we're seeing particularly, this is what my book's about with Elisa, is this new phenomenon called deconstruction. I've deconstructed my faith. turns out it's not really new, okay? This actually goes back to the Garden of Eden. You know, we could do a whole, you know, podcast on that. But, but you have these people who are saying, I'm deconstructing. And as we just said, some of the reasons they're deconstructing aren't good reasons. Mm. Um, they're really bad reasons. But no one told them any better. They just believe in what they just believe some other video they saw on TikTok or they believe some other meme that they saw on Instagram. So here the the pastor comes in and says, "You know what? I'm going to arm you. I'm going to make I'm going to we're going to address the issues that you're facing today." And then finally, um the the last point was, "Well, it works." The, the you know, the church needs it. But the, the results confirm it. It really works. We see it working in the, in the New Testament, and I've seen it working through red pen logic. You wouldn't believe how many messages I get every month from people saying, thank you for this. I needed this right now. I saw that video. I didn't know how to respond. Thank you for giving me the tools to be able to respond. And that just like, that is why I do this ministry, you know? This is why some of those videos are recorded at like two in the morning, because that's the only time that's when I can get to it, you know, sure. and um, and that makes it worth it. You know, a, a couple of nights with no no good sleep. Well, that makes it worth it. Hmm. That's really. Yeah, there's just so much bad information out there. And, yeah. you know, especially because we have so much immediate access to information, we don't immediately go, I think, and try and do further research. We just take what we hear on, on face value and mm. problematic that that is. Um, and, and it's social media is kind of the gasoline on that <laughs> respective yeah. fire when it comes to yeah. that. But uh, I, I just think about, yeah, I, I had TikTok for a month and then my wife kind of looked and said, do you really need that? Um, do you really need to yeah. be on that? I know you need to, like, wanted to be where kids are, but yeah, I, I don't think that's necessary. So glad to get off of it. Yeah. Um, but I do, like you said, there is plenty of stuff mm. on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever people are finding information. There is just all sorts of bad stuff out there. But uh, yeah. curious here if you can shed some light. How have you seen apologetics shift and change in the last few decades? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. And it has shifted. It used to be it used to be all about truth. 
I want to know what's true. And so we would give talks on here's the truth about the resurrection. Here's the truth about the deity of Christ. Um, here's the truth about the reliability of scripture. Okay. What I've noticed, and other apologists have pointed this out too, that we've gone from the question, is it true, to the question, is it good? And that's why you're going to notice a lot of attack against the Old Testament and the Old Testament mm. God. You see all kinds of videos and memes. What about slavery in the Bible? What about the, you know, the treatment of women? What about, and you, you have all of this, this Old Testament God who judges. Um, of course, they wouldn't put it that way. They'd say the genocidal God of the Old Testament, you know, of wrath and anger. Their, their complaint is, okay, well, let's assume that God exists. I want to know, is he good? And their argument is he isn't good. So, so there has been a shift, and that's why apologists mm. need to keep up. And, um, you know, youth pastors, they're the ones on the front line, and they, they see this. They, I think they've noticed a shift more than anyone because th those are the kinds of questions that they're getting now from their students. It's not, you know, I have talks on the deity of Christ. That is very rarely is someone inviting me to speak on the deity of Christ. What they want to know about is the Canaanite stuff, or they want to know about slavery, or they want to know about the problem of evil. Um, those are the big questions that, uh, um, that our young people are, are, are dealing with. Um, in fact, I just listened to a, a podcast um, last week, and it was on deconstruction. And it was actually, um, it was uh, John Steingard, who used to be a, uh, a band member for Hawk Nelson, Christian, you know, contemporary Christian band. And he deconstructed a number of years ago. So they had him back on, and they had a, an author of a new deconstruction book. Um, and he was also a former Christian artist, I think. And, uh, or, yeah, now he's, now he's a pastor. And so he was like, you know, they were kind of like, there was a dialogue, but it was kind of a debate. And what was interesting was John Steingard brought up, you can listen to the podcast yourself. It's on the Unbelievable uh, podcast. They spent so much time talking about slavery in the Bible and the problem of evil. So this, here, was a, here was a discussion, and I thought, this is going to be about deconstruction. And the, the, what is deconstruction, this kind of thing? And it all came back to, well, still slavery in the Bible and, and, this, and the Old Testament God. How could he allow evil and suffering in the world if he's all good and all loving and all powerful? So those are the questions that we as um, leaders of the next generation, we need to be equipping our students to be able to engage those questions or at least know where to go to engage with those answers and those questions. Um, you don't have to know everything. You know, I certainly don't know everything. There's, I mean, every, I opened my Bible this week and I'll tell you what, I learned some stuff. It was really cool, you know, um, reading through Exodus and going to some scholars and what they're saying about some, some things in there. And I thought, how could I, I just, I learned something this week and it was like, this is cool. You know, um, and we we ought to be teaching our young people and exposing them to to truth and the goodness of God. I appreciate that, Tim. And uh, I think in, from my share in youth ministry, I've seen kind of a shift in apologetics as well. Like mostly when I was first introduced to it was as a student myself, and I feel like back in that time, mm -hmm. in the '90s, apologetics was basically like 
creation. You know, like when you thought yeah. of apologetics, it was all about creation and stuff and answers in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And I felt like then we got broader into kind of the reliability of scripture and, you know, kind of like you were saying, the truth aspect and to see this new mm-hmm. iteration coming about, is it good? I think it's, it's helpful for us to frame because we might think, you know, when I talk apologetics with, with pastors, they might be in the mindset of we're talking about Genesis and saying, well, I've got that covered and saying, no, we're a yeah. couple generations past where now we're talking about this aspect. So I think that's helpful for, for people to, to, to wrap their mind around. And as we're wrapping up this episode for this week, uh, one question that I want to drop on you, and this might not be mm-hmm. fair as we're just talking about sunsetting, but explain how, the yeah. universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I want, as we're getting out of the gate here, I want to make a case for how apologetic issues are gospel issues, because sometimes we can, mm-hmm. we can say, I'm going to make my ministry all about Jesus and the gospel. And because I'm doing that, I don't need to worry about apologetics. And I think that's a false mm. um, basis, but I'd like to you to get yeah. a chance to say, how are apologetics issues then gospel issues? Yeah, I actually, um, and I've done this with the the Fly Beyond crew, I use the word gospel, gospel. And uh, the I always ask the students, what's a gospel? And they're like, well, is it an obstacle of the gospel? Like, it's, not, it's not a real word. What I say is, what apologetics does is it answers gospels, obstacles of the gospel, gospel obstacles, and that kind of I think helps people realize, yeah, this it, it's it's not a coincidence that if you go into a university campus and you start talking about anything like God's existence or or whatever, you or you want to talk about Jesus, and someone brings up the Big Bang, or they bring up slavery in the Bible or contradictions in the Bible or whatever. They're bringing up an obstacle that is keeping them from hearing and and receiving the gospel. So one aspect is what we're doing is when we do apologetics is we're answering, we're clearing out those obstacles that may be in the way for someone to fully hear um, and receive the gospel. Um, The other thing is uh, there was another thing that I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say that I think evangelism and and apologetics are two sides of the same coin. Um, I don't think you can do evangelism in the 21st century without doing apologetics. It's just how it's going to happen. Like if I if you I know we're landing this thing, so maybe this illustration will be this will be <laughs> it. If someone came up to you on the street. And they, there was this like loaf of bread they pulled out of their backpack, complete stranger. And they said, here, this, this bread I have for you. I just, I just pulled it out of the oven, you know, um, have some. Now, of course, you're going to be thinking, I don't, I don't know who you are. You just pulled a loaf of bread out of your backpack. And now you want me to have some? You want me to eat that? You want me to put that in my body? Now here's so they've offered it to you. That's the, that's evangelism. That's the offer. But I got some questions. I want to know where'd that bread come from. You know what? Who's the baker that made that bread? Um, is your backpack sanitary? You know, like I have all these questions. What's inside? What kind of what kind of bread is it? So I have these questions that need to be answered before I take, uh, you know, rip off a hunk of that bread and start eating it. And I think there's a parallel there where we're offering this, we're offering this thing 
to the world this truth, the good news of the gospel. And even in our youth groups, we're assuming our kids are all Christians because they're raised in a Christian home. I mean, youth pastors know that's not true, you know? And so we got to remember, we've we got we to preach the gospel to these kids and make sure they understand it. And then we're going to see the questions arise. And those questions make perfect sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, how is this? I want to know, is this really good news? How is this good news relevant to my life? You know, and what about this and this other thing? And you're talking about this book, this Bible. Now I got some questions about the Bible. So it, we, should, we should be open to hearing their questions and, and giving an answer to those questions. So that's where I think these two things, they just, they come together. The apologetics is a natural outflow from doing evangelism and presenting the gospel. Perfect. That was a wonderful answer, Tim. And I, I can verify that my backpack is certainly not sanitary. Um, so don't take bread for me. You but, are uh, the bread man of the fly convention. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of <laughs> ironic. So I, for your background, Tim, uh, there was a, I was asked to speak at the last fly convention in Estes Park, Colorado, and, uh, I came out dressed as a loaf of wonder bread because I was doing okay. Jesus is the bread of life. So, um, it was kind of funny. There were some kids who that's got cool. that like literally a year or two after I had a friend colleague who said, yeah, one kid in youth group was just like, Oh, Wonder Bread. I get it. So that's why I'm not on YouTube because yeah. <laughs> it takes a while. But anyways, um, thank you so much. I, I hope that this has been encouraging to you guys as you've been listening and just making a case for, for apologetics and ministry and um, and seeing how it's de- it is connected to the gospel. It is connected to being mm-hmm. faithful in what God has called us to do in serving others and leading them to him. So uh, with that, we're going to wrap up for today and pray that you go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.